0: Hey, welcome to a very special episode of Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast. I might say that every time, but today this episode is actually special. It's going to be a little different. We've got a special guest here and we're going to talk about, that is right, (laughs) the films, (laughs) movies, the pieces of cinema that were supposedly created based on these books. So stick around. Hello, Carter. Lovely to see your face. (laughs) And hello to my wonderful, intelligent, glistening, powerful friend, Becky Portman. Hey, how's it going? Becky, would you mind introducing yourself real quick? We know you are a qualified film student. That is why we have you here today. Yes. After I
1: won the Mark Twain Award for comedy, (laughs) um, I... Bits immediately. I decided to go back to school and um, learn with... The Commoners. So I actually got my degree in film. I love movies and cinema. I wouldn't qualify this movie as cinema, but I'm really excited to talk about it.
0: I have always meant to ask, like, is that an actual film major thing? Like cinema is only um, quality films? No, they're like completely synonymous, but I'm just an asshole about it. Sure. And what was your introduction to Percy Jackson?
1: Um... I remember it was really popular in middle school. I never read the books, but my friend Avi read the books and I would make fun of him mercilessly cuz I thought that it was just an excuse. He was a freaking nerd. Yeah, I was like you're such a nerd, dude. Just just read like I don't know, the princess diaries like every other every other person. I was like a big fan of Meg Cabot. I wrote her letters actually love letters Ooh, some
0: crossover fandom
1: action yeah i have you ever done a crossover fandom meg cabot percy jackson episode i think
0: i think this is the one i think we do this i think this is what this is we're doing this right now the princess percy diaries <laughs> amazing well uh we're just gonna dive on in take a half hour of our lives to discuss the epic failure of these movies let's just put it all out there <laughs> we all agree rick himself agrees he never even read the screenplay so carter I know we rewatched both of these films out on Disney Plus now for today. So give me your takes.
2: Um. So a- as you said, these are perhaps not not my favorite works of uh, of cinema. <laughs> um, I th- I think like if if I were to try to figure out like what what makes the gap so large for me between the movies and the books there are like a few things. I think the primary thing is that Percy's voice is so absent from the movies. Whereas like in the books, you know, he's everywhere and you, it's his, you know, like idiosyncrasies in terms of the way that he described things and the way that he sees the world that for me are so important to flesh it out for us. And that perspective is so missing from the movies, not just because obviously he's not going to be narrating them word for word and like you know, when Medusa shows up, it's not Percy's description of her. It's like Uma Thurman, which <laughs> sidebar wild. Yes, How did that happen? Queen. But um, it's not just that. It's like Percy, like the dialogue in the movies is so sparse compared to the books in which we're getting the voice of a child the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In the movies, we have these tense, like, one offs from people. From, like, 16-year-olds trying to avoid danger and basically communicate the bare minimum to each other, it, it made it difficult for me. I felt like I didn't um, actually get to know anyone, which, of course, you know, like, the books are long, the movies are not as long, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously not enough time for as many jokes and, and goofs and gaffs in a two-hour, less-than-two-hour movie. Yeah. But, Becky, isn't it, like, a thing that if you put voiceover in your movie, you're, like, an automatic failure? <laughs> okay, people say
1: that. Like, in screenwriting classes, they'll tell you not to use voiceover because it's lazy. But I think one of the best movies of all time is Clueless, starring mm. Alicia Silverstone. So much voiceover, so incredible. You look at something like Virgin Suicide, Sophia Coppola, that uses voiceover. So I think, like, saying automatically that a film is bad because it uses voiceover is just, like, as lazy as saying that a movie needs voiceover,
0: mm. if that makes sense. Yes, Totally. I definitely, yeah, I don't think that voiceover would have necessarily uh, fixed, would have been the easy solution to fixing the tone of this film. But we really are lacking in Percy's voice here. Percy, to me, he kind of sucks if just meeting him from the movie.
2: (laughs) That's very hard to hear, but yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. We need someone, we need somebody on this episode who did not just spend... 20 plus whatever hours (laughs) of their life going through all of these books, more than 20 hours with all this prep. Differing opinions are good. Yeah, I do agree. I love Logan Lerman with my whole heart. I think he would have been the perfect Percy if he was not too old. Like, they really just, Mm -hmm. they needed to secure Logan Lerman when he was in Hoot. Like, Hoot-era Logan Lerman. (laughs) Oh my god, my heart, my
1: actual heart was Logan Lerman and Hoot. Just the swoopy hair. Everyone had the swoopy swoopy hair. hair. Everyone had swoopy hair.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add to that, Carter?
2: Um... The the lack of personality um, irritated me, but, like, the decentralization of the relationships and the focus on world-building through grandiose, like, spectacles of, like, whatever... CG, I'm assuming. I don't... I should probably not label these things with technical labels that I don't actually know anything about, but, like, the, the movie spent so much time, like, developing these, like, fight sequences and, like, showing you the gods without actually giving them anything. I feel like to do and it took away like so much of the stakes to me like chronos isn't even present as a force overlying mm-hmm. the first movie it's just luke who yep is <laughs> basically supposed to be like some lone wolf ideologue or something who doesn't even actually get to make a pitch for what he's thinking the first movie is like a chris columbus movie it's the yes. same person as like
0: yes harry early potter. harry
2: potter movies the as, first three harry potter ah. movies. the
0: the rent film the goonies Oof,
2: the rent film yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, frankly, it's just disappointing. There's so little else to say. I-, I do think Sea of Monsters is stronger simply because it went by the book more. They decided to bleach Annabeth's hair. Whatever. <laughs> In general there was more plot. It was a little bit closer to the overarching plot of like all five books, as opposed to just picking and choosing cute moments from the individual book mm-hmm. and like hacking it into a script. Um but before I talk forever, Becky, your thoughts? Okay.
1: I have like a title question. So the first movie is called Percy Jackson and the Olympians: Lightning Thief, and then the second movie is just called Percy Jackson: Sea of Monsters. They they drop the Olympians,
0: messy, very messy.
1: Yeah. That's just that's just messy. Like they also drop
2: the Olympians in the sense that all the Olympians <laughs> who show up in the first movie do not reappear in the second movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, are you? Did you ask me what I thought? <laughs> y- yes, I did. Okay, I'm sorry. I need to open my notes app because I wrote
2: notes. Ooh, notes app. Let's go.
1: Okay, my notes from July 9th. Um, are Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief, with Mom. Okay, I watched it with my mom. My first thought was, okay, it's the guy from Grey's Anatomy. He's very big. Um, <laughs> just, like, in size. They're also both, like, English <laughs> dudes, which was kind of
0: confusing. Yes. Why do they have British why accents? Why do they have British accents? Literally, Why? The like, whole point is that they're they in America. They so waspy
2: also. Like, they're not Greek, but they're also not American. Make it make sense.
0: There is nothing Greek about any of this. <laughs> yes, the moment I realized that that actor from Grey's Anatomy was the one playing Poseidon, I dropped completely out. Because it's so... <laughs> what is he supposed to look like, a fish?
2: He's supposed to be, like, <laughs> chill. He's supposed to be laid back. I, is he
1: just, like, Aquaman?
0: Like, Jason Momoa? Like... I... Okay, <laughs> is my dream casting for Poseidon Jason Momoa? Big fat Yes. Have I said that to everyone I've passed on the street for the past couple yeah. months since I heard about the Disney Plus yes. series? Maybe. <laughs> Do I think that DC will allow that contractually? Hell no. <laughs> but we can dream and we can find someone like Jason Momoa adjacent. Like whoever else they pitched. Jason Momoa
2: adjacent. Adjacent yeah. Momoa. <laughs> I think we also need to take a moment for some of the other stunt casting in this first movie. Pierce Brosnan as Kyron.
1: What? What?
0: He replaced him in the second movie. He replaced him he in the just, second movie.
2: He gets just better? dropped out.
1: He was like, "I can't do this for my career. I'm gonna go do Mamma Mia."
0: I think it's funny that Pierce Brosnan, like the only way that kids our generation, our age, know who Pierce Brosnan is, is from Mamma Mia. You should be so, grateful if I wasn't that. Like, that surprised to see. No, I I think it's a great film, one of my favorites. <laughs> but I don't think I was that surprised that he was playing Kyron. I think that I mean, if I was Pierce Brosnan and somebody came up to me and was like do you want to be the next Dumbledore? That'd be like, yes! Dumbledore a with a horse's opportunity. ass. Okay, but it's a beautiful, gleaming mane, as Rick would say. Just glowing <laughs> in the sunlight. we don't need
2: to continue, I think, along that vein, d- I just thought it really wild that, like, like, he, Pierce Brosnan, in terms of, like, a wattage, like, traditional celebrity caliber, like, he's so much higher than any of the Olympians, I feel. <laughs> and he's
1: playing okay sean bean is
0: massive sean bean is massive but again the only thing i know sean bean from is national treasure (laughs) okay that is where you're wrong to the layman audience who was like 14 and watching this movie we're like oh shit it's that guy from national treasure (laughs) i guess he's zeus (laughs) know your audience
1: no way he is
0: Boromir from lord of the rings nothing okay that's true that's true Nothing Fair. else. I concede that. He's he's Boromir, but he's also that guy from <laughs> National Treasure.
1: I was surprised <laughs> by the amount of celebrities in this movie. Like every time really? someone walked on screen, I was like, What? Uma Thurman is here? Catherine Keener had like two lines.
0: Yep. Totally underutilized. Um Stanley Tucci? Stanley Tucci? In Stanley
2: Tucci. <laughs> that was actually great casting. I'll give it up for that casting. I, I was gonna
0: say, <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Obviously, it was a great choice. I do think Pierce Brosnan makes sense to play Kyron. I just think that I do feel bad that they failed at these movies so hard that he had to, like, say, no, I'm not doing the second one. I'm going to
2: disagree with you on that. I think Pierce Brosnan, like, the energy he brought to it was so wrong. Like, he was not a teacher. His role was, like, it seemed like he was trying to go for more of, like, the James Bond-type iconography again, which is, like, just not Kyron. Like, he's not supposed to be someone who oversteps and shows up with, like, the sword and is like, I will fight this monster in your stead, Percy. Like, that's just not... Not the right. Well, energy I, I think thought. I
0: think that's the fault of the writing. I, think I guess that if they yeah. had written Kyron, like I can see him reading the dialogue from the books, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's
2: his fault. Okay. Okay. Any? Maybe we can
0: we can <laughs> agree to disagree on Paris Brosnan.
2: I think we have to finish up the, the stunt casting roundup with also mentioning Nathan Fillion as Hermes in yes. the second movie. <laughs> that upset me. That upset me to my core
0: you and I were okay. just talking about how we like Nathan no, Fillion. No, not because
2: I don't right. like Nathan Fillion.
1: In terms of the rules. You better I'm... check yourself, Carter, okay? <laughs> don't say anything about Nathan Fillion. <laughs> not in this podcast. <laughs> spirit, I, well, I'm, okay? I'm not
2: speaking. I will not speak ill of Nathan Fillion. I, I'm, I'm simply saying that, like, I don't think that Nathan Fillion is Hermes. Like, he could have been another Olympian, even. But, like, yes, like Nathan Fillion, the and energy also, I her, he's not, like, flighty. He's not, like, I feel, like, more relatable to me than, like, the other ones, yeah. like, he doesn't give me that intermediary energy. I
0: I definitely agree. And obviously, I think Ola mentioned this. The voices of um, George and Martha. Iconic. Excellent cameos <laughs> in Sea of Monsters. Excellent cameos. Becky, do you want to say something about Nathan Fillion? <laughs>
1: um, I have a lot of things to say about Nathan Fillion, which are not appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> also, mostly to get Firefly back on the air. But seems like maybe that's for a different podcast at a different time. <laughs> Can I just say... I also think that most of my knowledge of like Greek mythology comes from the 1997 movie
2: Hercules. Powerful. That movie, I guess, went the distance for, for it is our a piece of cinema. Knowledge of the canon.
1: Yeah, truly. Seeing someone like not blue James Woods being Hades was like really traumatic for me. Like he's supposed <laughs> to have fire hair.
0: He's blue. He's James Woods. It makes sense. I like that Hades more than this one. Yeah. I have to- you could have given me an animated uh, blue fire hair, and I would have accepted that over this strange um, twink rock star reading of Hades, which nobody asked for. Truly nobody. asked for Steve Coogan in leather pants. Not scary!
2: Not scary. That that was weird and sad as a, as a whole. Like, that, that's supposed to be the, the climax of the journey, sort of. Like, climax A, let's say... But then, like, the stakes are so low because Hades isn't scary and also Persephone, a literal, like, deity, a god of Olympus, is also, like, fully on their side and, like, stops all the bad things from happening immediately. Like, at that point, it's not even for me about deviation from the book. Like, there's no stakes. Like, I don't understand why they did all of this if they literally have, like, this powerful ally who's down to, like, talk with them, show with them, <laughs> like, end all of Hades' punishment. Like, I... What?
1: Excuse me. Zero stakes. But also, okay, earlier question is that just a plot hole I noticed in the movie is that Percy's mom straight up disappears. He does not spend a moment mourning, mourning the loss of his mother. He's just like, there's a really hot girl with who's using a sword right now and that's mm-hmm. the only thing I'm thinking about. So, like, the question, he's like, my mom's gone. It's like, in your mind, your, your mom probably died.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he doesn't seem to care about that. That was... I had no like pity for him because he's kind of like. I guess I'm like in this camp now with all these hot people. <laughs> gonna have to cope with life now with my mom being dead five minutes ago. Like
2: they just turned Camp Halfblood to a frat party, for for why? Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: for why? For what? For why? There is also okay. Some of the best parts of like hero movies. Sorry to reference it again, but the 1997 Disney film Hercules, there is something that we like to call in cinema as like a training sequence. It's like it's a montage. It's a little Danny DeVito, you know, training Hercules, a weak Hercules into becoming the, you know, the half god that he is. We don't have any of that in Percy Jackson. He goes from being like... A little dweeb to a just a dweeb who like has powers and then like he's he uses them and he knows exactly what to do without any training or like qualifications and I was like can I see your resume like it just feels very sudden there's no montage there's no like uh good musical cue that helps me as a viewer understand that he's growing both physically and emotionally (laughs) to prepare himself for this journey. He just, like, straight up, like, he's like, "Mm, I'm going to take the hot girl with me,
0: and we're going to go on a journey. Yes.
2: Retweet, yes. I
0: agree. It's so, it's just hard to even talk about the lack of emotional journey because there just isn't one not to mention like the deviation and because like you can deviate from the Mm. books that's absolutely fine part of the joy of watching an adapt film adaptation of a novel of a book series is seeing what they change and like how they create it for a new medium Mm. and how they create it for the different year like if there's several years between when the book and the film comes out they're gonna have to adapt stuff and that is what's super exciting Mm. it's not that we need it to go word for word like no one's asking for that Mm. it's just like can you make it like a movie and not like (laughs) A slideshow? <laughs> I don't even know. What? A YouTube series? I'm the not sure. Right. Actually, that's I don't so want to diss up. YouTube series like that. I don't want to diss YouTube series like that. <laughs> yeah, I really loved the the YouTube.
1: Did you ever watch the, the YouTube Pride and Prejudice
2: vlog? Yes! I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the one that's made by, like, Hank Green and John Green's, like, team. Are we talking about the yeah, same thing? Is
1: this, like, vlog where he's like, Darcy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That was cinema. That was that was art right there. Is what they did. <laughs> cinema.
0: Um, Kurt and I were serious. John, John, and Hank Green stands back
2: in Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Lizzie Bennet, iconic. To, to like build off of all of this, so like what again? Like sets a iconic Lizzie Bennet Diaries, and like the books also like apart from this. To 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 the point that was made about the training montage, I think it's like. The pacing for the movie in general just feels so. Often the proportions are like lopsided in that, like you know, and the, as as we have discovered by doing these podcasts, the books pretty evenly divide into thirds between like setup, like the actual yes. quest meet, and then the last third being like final confrontation yes. parts A and B, right? Whereas like in the movie, yes. I want to say maybe seventy percent of the movie, conservatively, is just like quest journey. It's just random seemingly, like, in altercations that have to be cobbled together for them to face, whereas we get so little to, like, actually get them to the place where they need to be to establish, like, why they're doing this, to make Percy a real human who hates his dad, who feels sad about his mother. Like, I think there is, no setup. is a lot of... I mean, like, obviously it wouldn't solve the problems if they just filled it with nothing. But, like, yeah, that, that was one of my... There is no setup. If,
0: and correct me if I'm wrong, Becky, but films typically are written, like... In three parts, there are three acts of a film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's famously called the three acts. So how hard could it have been to, to uh...
1: um not hard at all? I right. think I think I think that the writer actually had to go out of their way to make this as complicated as it is.
0: Yeah, I um, agree with that. Okay,
1: okay. So you know, this is the best thing ever. So you know, um, you have like the movie starts. You have Sean Bean and the guy from Grey's Anatomy being all dramatic and British. And like, you're like, okay, Zeus and Poseidon are angry. Someone stole the lightning. Fine. Title Percy Jackson Lightning Thief. Boom. There's a kid underwater. My mom's like, I think that's Poseidon's son. <laughs> that's the whole movie.
0: <laughs> my mom like it. Oh my she's <laughs> like, I think that's Poseidon's son. It is the whole movie because there's nothing else that happens after that. There's nothing nothing. else exciting that happens in this movie after Percy gets claimed. And also the claiming...
2: There's no stakes in it. It, We don't feel the tension in Percy. Literally, like, the iconic line that he gives when he defeats Luke. Also, like, to to, to circle back on this, is saying, I think I am Poseidon's son. What?
1: What
0: have have we been
2: watching the entire time?
0: You've been, like, playing with water. I also have had massive issues with the music in both of these movies. I think that I know Chris Columbus directed the first one and they were maybe going for some beautiful, like, orchestral fantasy score action. Um, And it is really pretty. Like, (laughs) the music is beautiful, but it's just not what I want. It is not Percy Jackson to me. In the, like, so, somewhat at the beginning of Sea of Monsters when they start playing uh, Fallout Boy for the wall-climbing sequence. That is the energy I'm looking for. The The genre of music that I want for the entirety of both of these films is just, like, absolute hot-topic bangers. <laughs> Anything that is quality uh, teen and tween music that we were listening to when we were reading these books and that, like, maybe tweens and teens are listening to today. This is a hard retweet. I, I don't need... Yeah, because in order to achieve... I mean, we're talking about the tone of these films being so off from just, like, the general, like, what makes Percy Jackson so great. Like, one of the easier ways, I think, to incorporate, like, Percy's comedic voice and the kind of, like, young, fun tone of these books is to use, like, fun music um, just, like, as the underscoring instead of, like, trying to recreate the Harry Potter score, which just isn't going to happen.
1: Yeah, it almost felt like, okay, it's if Harry Potter met Veggie Tales, but instead of the Bible, it's
2: <laughs> mythology.
0: Uh, yes. Oh my God. That <laughs> Does literally that make hurts sense? my soul. But you're so right.
2: <laughs> I feel like the first one also is low-key, like if Harry Potter met... It, like, it's Harry Potter except, like, what if Voldemort wasn't there and the villain was just Draco? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. And also Hermione was even worse.
2: Oh, and we to circle back to this. The way that they am, did yeah. Annabeth... Oh, my God. Crimes against humanity.
0: I want to take a moment and say I have nothing against Alexandra Daddario. Fine I think that she's a wonderful actress. She does amazing things. This is not her fault. But wow, it is someone's fault. (laughs) Because even from the very first image of Annabeth fighting, um, hashtag not like the other girls, to the end of the film, just all of it is very wrong. And I think that they improved upon it a little bit in Sea of Monsters. Obviously, they dyed her hair blonde, whatever but they made her like weak in that yes. film. she literally does nothing um after she discovers the fleece as being the way to protect the tree she literally does nothing in that movie but like tell percy to do things and like tell percy that he's in charge and it's just is not right it's like clearly how hard is it for you to hire a woman to write this character <laughs> come on it's
2: hollywood they make clarice everything that annabeth was supposed to be In the second movie which is kind of sad because in the second movie i like i I don't have problems with clarice but in the second movie i hated annabeth and i was aggressively rooting for clarice and that's so wrong i was watching that movie and it's like clarice is is a smart woman who is very capable and is being undersold in her capabilities and that's all sort of true but but literally that's annabeth's character description how did, how did they allow this to happen?
0: It seems like they tried to combine Clarice and Annabeth in the first film into this terrible version of Annabeth that nobody asked for because it would have been criminal to have two female characters, perhaps. And then in the second film, they tried to split them back into two and it just didn't work. You should have just written two fe- strong female characters in the first place. Two strong female characters.
1: Who's the main guy supposed to hook up with if there are two?
2: Both of them, probably.
1: He's, he's supposed to be scared
0: by both of them. That's
2: the biggest gripe about the movie is Persebeth gets trampled to death by these films it is unacceptable it's so his main
0: uh journey in the second film is like his relationship with tyson which is you know that's nice that's a huge part of the book but there is no romance and they had the opportunity to build real romance in these films with these older actors and instead they had like a couple like sexy up down looks from annabeth to percy and percy to annabeth in uh the lightning thief and that was it <laughs> Romance is dead. The order was so
2: wrong. Like, they built the sexual tension first and then it all dissipated into nothing after, like, they actually what, get to know each other? Excuse me?
1: Yeah. I noticed they totally hyped up the sexual
2: tension and, you know, they're at the
1: fire and mm-hmm. she's like, I have... St- towards you i just don't know if they're positive or that negative. line yeah.
2: right there electric chair right there immediately <laughs> that's one of my least favorite moments in film history
1: <laughs> for some reason i cannot get it out of my head it is like right next to my head and like of all the gin joints in all the world that is next to it and i want to get rid of it but you forced me to watch this movie erica so now it's there
0: forever <laughs> i'm sorry i really I, I i owe a debt of gratitude to both of you for re-engaging with these films. Um, there are a couple other things I wanted to mention before we move on. Serious issues with the casting of people of color in these films. Um, the animal best friend. Need I say more? That's just not it. These movies were made a few years ago, but not that long ago, where absolutely. It and it's of the so period.
1: upsetting to like see not only is he this kind of typified black best friend character, he is this character that is sworn to protect percy at all costs and that his his only character trait he
2: left is to, to literally and in like in percy. the underworld in this version what that is so wild that you would literally leave your best friend in the underworld on your quest and just like put up no fight yeah what what what
0: <laughs> Grover's just like yeah man you're my best friend and then that's kind of it and we're like what we don't see any of that develop. Obviously, no reason that Grover would sacrifice his life for Percy. In that they're genuinely best friends in the books, you know. And if you're going mm-hmm. to cast some like somebody that you know it might fulfill a harmful stereotype, then you need to t- try to not fulfill that <laughs> harmful stereotype. At least like put an effort in, or just don't do it mm-hmm. in the first place. There's yeah. like I, I said, Logan Lerman is is you know in my mind like would have been the Percy, perfect Percy Jackson. But I do th- think that the Disney Plus series will be strongly remiss to not cast a person of color as percy or like a biracial person um to be percy or to be all of the half-bloods say it again again, for gonna, the people again in the back. <laughs> cast the half-bloods as biracial people <laughs> will the gods be white or what like i need to i need answers about what this means we're, we'll talk about it more later but i, I need answers about how the gods, how their genes pass to the children and all of these things. And like, Percy doesn't have to be a white boy. We love Logan Lerman, but Logan Lerman's time is past. You know, we can have mm-hmm. somebody new Absolutely. as a likable, sweet, comedic boy. And I know that they're casting children and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, final takes from you guys.
2: My, my, Hot, hot take about like the Disney remakes is that I would really like them to be period pieces. Actually, <laughs> totally selfish reasons. I would like I'd like period pieces in the sense of like I want them to take place in the early mid two thousands and be very aggressively in the early mid two thousands because I would enjoy them more. I realize that's probably not the target demo. They're gonna go with a modern adaptation that'll suit modern youths. I'm just gonna put it out there in the universe.
0: I think that's a sweet idea. I like that, Becky. In
1: conclusion, it's probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I didn't make it to the second one because the first one was so discouraging. Um, I I will quote my mother and saying the best part was Uma Thurman. And, I mean, just so many, like, structural issues, so many casting issues. I have no idea how this got greenlit, especially if the, the author wasn't on board. Like, a billion questions. I mean, just, like, having a woman... Just like look at this, sc- just like have it on her desk for a second would have helped this movie. Like, she didn't yeah, even have Becky. to read it. You just put it on her desk, the movie would have been infinitely better. Honestly, it was trying too hard to be the next Harry Potter. And I'm sorry that your favorite childhood memories were tarnished by this piece of trash. Me too.
0: Thank you. Um, Thanks, so Betty. I feel
1: for you. I have to say that. My childhood memories were not tarnished by the Princess Diaries movies. So, if you're looking for another, if you are looking for like a sequel to this podcast and you want to know about the Meg Cabot universe, I can talk about all of the Princess Diaries books, all of the Airhead books, which were my favorites. Huge. Meg Cabot actually wrote me back. Um, it was completely automated. I don't think she wrote any of it. That's um, okay.
2: Automated but letters.
1: It still that counts. It's still in my 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 scrapbook. I always do this. I always dominate the conversation and turn into Meg Cabot. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh,
0: it's so awkward. Yeah, I um I think that we all have high hopes for the Disney Plus series. Sad that none of us will get to be in it because they're casting children. But it's probably the right choice. Um, <laughs> that's okay. And I think that my favorite part in uh both of these films is actually the moment in the Sea of Monsters when Percy word for word starts reciting the prophecy of the second book and even though it's like wrong and they they try to pretend that that's the great prophecy and not just the prophecy for the sea of monsters when percy reads the prophecy and recites it i like got actual goosebumps because it's the actual words of rick (laughs) Riordan coming out of logan lerman's mouth and i was like this is so cool and i got that feeling in my stomach that you get when you are watching like your favorite adaptation film or, like, the next Star Wars movie or something where you're like, what's gonna happen? Like, I'm so excited. I'm so invested in what is being uh, translated to the screen. And that just made me, like, really excited for the Disney Plus series because we all have really high hopes. We know that Rick is super involved. We know that Logan Lerman has said, please fix this, Um, granted his blessing. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to it.
2: Disney, do a good job. Cast by racial actors, Don't love Simon chicken out and all the queer people.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Final words of advice. (laughs) Don't love... I love verbalizing other pieces of work. Don't love Simon this.
0: (laughs) That concludes our very special film episode. Becky, thanks for being here. Maybe in the future, hopefully, we can have you back to talk about the Disney Plus show. I hope that that happens soonish. Yeah, I hope so, too. You know, it would be
1: so iconic if we had some queer women of color directing too that would be really great or just Taiko Waititi <laughs> or just Taiko Waititi those are the two options for you Disney Plus
0: hire him to direct all of your uh, limited series on Disney Plus please because you know both these movies are
1: directed by white men and written by white men so Literally it's just by a
0: man named Christopher Columbus I'm sorry 1492 uh,
2: productions
0: do we have higher expectations into <laughs> <end>. <laughs> well hopefully see you next time Becky um, in the future when all of this comes about Thank you guys both. I can't wait. Thank you. Sorry I made you suffer through this. (laughs) It's all your fault. Just kidding. Love you. Peace. Bye.